following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Christian Life Austin, how we doing tonight? Man, what an honor it is to speak to you guys. And I've just got to tell you from the get-go, I am fired up. And I'm fired up because I get to speak to you on a Wednesday, and there's no better place to be on a Wednesday night than Christian Life Austin. But I'm fired up for where this church is going. I just believe there's something in all of us that desires to be a part of something that's greater than who we are on our own. And I'm so thankful for where this church is going, wherever you're tuning in from. We're so thankful. But know this, Christian Life Austin is on the move because God's hand is on this house. And I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 7. I want to speak to you tonight for just a short little time from this thought, from this subject. Listen up. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Paul says this, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Jesus, in your name, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your grace. And we're so thankful that you're taking us from where we are to where you want us to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Now, i got to tell you tonight, I am not a runner. I don't enjoy running. The only running that I enjoy doing is when I played basketball and I was running to get open to shoot. I don't enjoy running. It's not fun. In fact, if you are a runner, I applaud you. I'm proud of you. I just don't understand you. There's something about running that is just difficult for me to do. But recently, I, you know, I've had, I have three boys and um, you know, I'm not in the shape that I once was, and uh, I was in the middle of a 5K race, and, and I knew that this race was important, and I just need to remind myself that I still got it, that, that I'm still in shape, and even though I don't like to run, I like to work out, but I just needed to prove it to myself. So leading up to this 5K race, I started jogging. Now, l- let me just remind you and, and let you know a little detail of the story. It was a week before the 5K started, and I thought if you know, maybe a mile a day, it'll get me ready, I'll be ready to go, and so a week before I start running and jogging, I, I think I got my mile under like 10 minutes, I'm feeling good, all right, we can do this, and so leading up to the race, I remember, man, I was picking out my songs, I had my headphones, and I did something I shouldn't have done, I, I took an energy drink before, just to have that extra boost, you know, just in case. Unfortunately, I didn't know that when I took the energy drink that it boosted my heart rate, I also didn't know that when I run, I also boost my heart rate. There's no need for an energy drink when you're running because you're boosting your heart rate double. So I go to start this race, and I'll never forget the proverbial gun goes off, the race starts, and I start out in a dead sprint. And I am feeling great. I am feeling awesome. There's like two people ahead of me, and I know the two people that are in front of me. They are great runners. They're in shape. And so I'm like, okay, if I can stick with them, I'm good. Unfortunately, the race wasn't a sprint. (laughs) It was a 5K, and about 300 yards into this race, something happened. I had to stop. I could not go any further. My hands were on my knees. I was struggling. I couldn't breathe. (laughs) 
And it was just this moment where I'll never forget, I was feeling so good until that moment. And as I'm standing there like walking, trying to keep moving, we're 300 yards into this race and all these like people, like old ladies are just running, but they're like, what is wrong with you? What happened? What started out as such a great race very quickly turned into a not so great race. It started out good, but I was not prepared for the journey. But I'm so thankful tonight that even though we are all on a journey and maybe even on a different place in the journey, that the God that I serve and the God that I know, he's not just with me at the beginning of the race. He's not just with me at the end of the race, but he's with me in the middle. When I can't catch my breath, when I don't think that I can keep going, the God that I serve is with me every step of the way. The Bible says this, he who began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. But to complete the work, we have to finish the race. In other words, we have to keep going. In spite of the tensions that we face, in spite of the voices that surround us, we have to keep going. Life tonight is all about tension. And if we avoid the tensions, we miss the blessing. Here's what I know about life. There is tension in every stage of life. There is tension in relationships. There is tension in marriage. There is tension in the workplace. In fact, being a Christian is really all about tension. Today in 2020, we walk in this tension constantly. The tension between faith and wisdom. The tension between love and strength. The tension between grace and truth. Just this last Monday night, I was talking to our young adult team. Shout out to Christian Life Young Adults. I love you guys. (laughs) You guys are awesome. But we talked about as leaders and as people that serve the vision of the house, maybe we're not a senior pastor or a senior leader, but we still have to walk in authority. We walk in this tension that as we walk in authority, walk in our calling, we also have to walk in submission. This is the challenge as young leaders that we face. We're constantly walking in these tensions. And it seems like this is part of the challenge of 2020, is walking in that balance because it feels like in 2020 everyone is is in this place where it's all or nothing you're either in or you out pick a side whose side are you on but if you look at people that leave the faith and struggle with fallacies in Christianity most oftentimes it's because they are running from the tensions that God has called us to walk in we know people right now that don't live in the tension. In fact, they're either all grace and no truth, or they're either all truth and no grace. Or or, or maybe they're all faith and no wisdom, or maybe they're all wisdom and no faith. (laughs) Some of you are like, I know exactly who that is right now. (laughs) But wherever you're at in this race, there is always more to do. There is always room to grow. And there is always room to be better. The question that I pose to you here tonight is this, will you be better in 2021 than you were in 2020? Or will you miss the blessing because you ran from the tension? 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter says this. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. The more you grow, the more productive you will be. Here's the thing about being a Christian. There is always room for growth. None of us have arrived. None of us are there yet, but there is always room to improve. There is always room to get better. But at some point, some point in the journey, and how many can relate to this in 2020, it's easy to stop. At some point, things get complicated. At some point, we lose our will to keep going. At some point, it gets hard. And here is the reason why all of those things happen. It goes back to one reason. Because the truth is, sometimes we listen to the wrong voices. Paul said in Galatians, you were running a good race. You started off well. You had good intentions. But someone came in with the wrong voice and persuaded you into wrong thinking that led you to wrong behavior. Paul touches on something that we all need to hear. We are so easily persuaded. On a daily basis, we get advice and we give advice. I don't know about you, but but my favorite type of advice is unsolicited advice. Somebody said, not amen. I just love it when people come up and I'm like, I I didn't ask you for advice, but they're giving me advice on how to live. It's, It's really one of my not so favorite things or I love this advice and we experienced this a lot when we came to Austin. Austin has incredible food but we didn't know a lot of the food places and we experienced this a lot. People would ask me, have you been to this restaurant? And I'm like, no. They're like, you haven't heard? You have not heard of this? What is wrong? Like why haven't you? You have got to go to this restaurant. We go to the restaurant. I'm like, it is, it's good but you know, it wasn't like knock my socks off great and But we're always getting advice, whether it's food advice or advice on how to live or how to date. And the truth is, we all need advice. The truth is, we can't make it without advice. And the Bible talks about this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. It says, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise... And become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 says, For lack of guidance a nation fails, but victory is won through what? Through advice, through many counselors, through many advisors. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but what? The wise listen to advice. We are all dependent on advice and voices, but while we are dependent on voices, we are also responsible for which voices we listen to. We need people beside us. We can't make it without people. We need relationships. We need people speaking into our lives. We need people encouraging us. We need wise counsel. In fact, Proverbs said this, it's not just a nice idea. This is not just a suggestion. We need advice. But while we need advice and we're dependent on advice and those voices to guide us, we're also responsible for who we listen to. 
Tonight, maybe you've been walking through life and your ears are just open to whatever voice comes around, whatever anyone says, who, whoever wants to speak into your life, whatever sounds good in the moment. And while you can survive for a little bit, the truth is we are responsible for the voices that we listen to. Because tonight, as we protect our ears, as we protect what we listen to, here's what we're doing. We are protecting our future. We're protecting our identity. We're protecting the mandate that God has placed on our lives because God has called us as Christians not to just walk in his love but also walk in his purpose, to be people of leadership and influence, people of destiny and calling so we don't just rest in the goodness of God but we also walk toward the promises of God, a promise for something greater. And as we protect what comes into our mind and into our ears, we're protecting our future. So listen up. All right, point number one is this. Your life reflects the voices that you listen to. Numbers chapter 13 is a story that many of us know well. The Israelites enter the promised land, or they're about to enter the promised land, and Moses does what any good leader should do. He does his homework. He sends in some spies to check out the land and they go in there they check it out and they come back and there's 12 spies and 10 spies come back with a bad report but then two come back with a good report so, so 10 walk in looking at this situation saying it's impossible there is no way I don't think we can do this in fact Numbers chapter 13 verse 32 says this and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. Tonight, I wonder if this is what it sounds like, the voices that are talking and speaking into your life. Voices that have influence in your heart. Voices that tell you it's too hard. Voices that tell you that it won't work. Voices that tell you you can't keep going. Voices that tell you that disaster is ahead. That good things aren't coming. That you won't get past this sickness. That we won't get past this pandemic or past this sin or past this relationship. But Joshua and Caleb do something that is so crazy to me. They are looking at the exact same land, the exact same circumstance. And Caleb says this thing. He says, but we are well able. And can I tell you, this fascinates me. And I feel like this is the summary of 2020. We're all looking at the same thing in 2020, but I refuse as a Christian to look at everything going on in the world and only see the bad. But I, I, I just, as a Christian, say I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to look for the God things. And just like Joshua and Caleb, they're looking at the same thing with a completely different outlook. Caleb said, if the Lord is pleased, he will lead us through this land. Man, we need some Joshua and Caleb people in our life 
that when the doctor walks in and says one thing, that they say another. That when the bank says one thing, that they say another. That when the news says one thing, that they say another. That they will bring a good report. And can I tell you, I'm not for being crazy. I'm not for saying things that aren't true. I'm not for burying your head in the sand. But this story shows us that two people can be looking at the same thing and see two different perspectives. And I just choose as a Christian to be a believer, to be a man of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of what we cannot see. I'm believing tonight for some things that are not in front of me right now. I cannot see them, but I am believing for them. I'm believing tonight for some things that I can't see. Here's what Jesus said about that. Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet still believe. Something happens in our heart and in our lives when we cannot see it, but we believe for it. Something happens in a family. Something happens in a school when it's not there, but there's someone that just like a Joshua and Caleb that rises up and said, I cannot see it, but I'm believing for God to do some great things. 12 spies, 10 see it one way, and 2 see it the right way. (laughs) This is not two different opinions. And the enemy and the world would like to present to you that being a person of faith, well, that's just one way to look at things. That's just one way to view the world. It's just a different opinion. It's just a different option. But can I tell you, it's one way and then the right way. The right way is that God has already given us this land. The right way is that God wants me to have a good relationship. The right way is that God wants to bless me. The right way is that God wants to protect me. The right way is that God is for me. The right way is his grace is sufficient. The right way is his strength is made perfect in my weakness. The right way is it doesn't matter who the president is. God is on the throne. And I'm here to tell you tonight for every bad report that you've been given, God has a good report. For every bad report that someone has told you, God has a better report. It is not over. The end is not the end. God has the final word. And I think 2020 more than ever is the year that we need to check the voices that we're listening to. And this is tough. This is going to be the toughest moment of the message, toughest moment of the sermon. It's intense, but the Bible is explicit. Believing that God can't do it is actually rebelling against God. It's actually saying that my sin is bigger than his grace. It's saying that my problem is bigger than my God. It's actually saying that God is not better than the bad that's in me and the bad that's facing me right now. I just pray that as a church that we would not live in fear, but we would run to the Lord and live a life of faith, a life of seeing things that aren't there yet. Because your life reflects the voices that you listen to. And maybe tonight you've been walking down the wrong path. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong voices. Maybe it's your own voice that you've been listening to. But hear the word of the Lord tonight. All it takes is hearing the right voice once. All it takes is hearing the goodness of God once. All it takes one time 
is listening to what God has to say. Point number two is this, so, so where, can, where can I hear the right voice? Three places. The best place to find an encouraging voice is in these three places. Number one, his house. And I love that Pastor Rex already quoted this, but it's in my notes. In his house, Psalm chapter 27 says this, One thing have I asked from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Why? For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. I will sing and make music to the Lord, hear my voice, when I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, so your face, O Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. O God, my Savior, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will accept me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the the desire of my foes for his false witnesses rise up against me spouting malicious accusations but I will remain confident in this one thing in this one thing that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord be strong and take heart that's what happens in his house here's what happens in the house of God when I'm in trouble he keeps me safe when I'm abandoned he accepts me when I've sinned he gives me mercy when I've stumbled he picks me up when I don't know the right way he puts me on the right path when people talk about me and my insecurities are exposed I can be confident in this one thing in this one thing that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, if you believe that, can you just put your hands together? Oh, man. Hey, I can be patient in the house of God. I can rest in the house of God. I can be free in his house, and I can stand firm in his house. You got to know this here tonight. You're in the right place. You're in the right house, in the right season to hear the right voice. But tonight, it's not the voice of, it's not my voice. It's not my voice that you're hearing. It is the voice of God, the voice that speaks to our pain, that speaks to our purpose. And we hear his voice in his house. So this is where we hear his voice in his house and with his people. These past six months, I think we can all agree, have been crazy. <laughs> it's been wild. And many of us have been isolated and have struggled. And if anything, 2020 has shown us is that we cannot survive on Netflix and social media. We need one another. It is a need. We find strength in each other. We need community. We need other people. And there's this perfect example in Acts chapter 9. Paul is on the road to Damascus, and he's knocked down, blinded and debilitated, and he cannot go anywhere. What does God do for Paul? He sends him a friend. 
He sends him a person. Can I tell you, when God wants to bless you, he sends a friend. When God wants to fix your world, he sends a friend. In verse 17, Ananias says this. He said, uh, Brother Paul, Jesus has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some things in your life you won't be able to see unless a friend helps you and prays with you. God knows how to speak into your life in the right season at the right time by sending the right person. Number three, so in his house, with his people, and in his presence. It is God's will, and I believe this with all of my life. I've spent my life around the house of God. It is God's will for you to be in a physical place that we call the church. Because something special happens in his house with fellow believers. But can I tell you, the will of God and the presence of God is not geographical. In other words, God is with you wherever you're at. It's not relegated to a place. God is not a place. He's a person. And he is wherever you are. And you are in his house, but you aren't just in his house. You are his house. And if you want to be in his presence, all you've got to do is mention the name of Jesus. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I can't make it without you. Jesus, I can't do it alone. And all of a sudden, his presence shows up. Some of you tonight are confused because when you're alone, you hear the voices of doubt, the voices of rejection, the voices of judgment. But let me explain something to you very quickly tonight. If it doesn't sound like hope, it's not from him. If it doesn't sound like acceptance, it's not from the Father. If it doesn't sound like grace, it is not Jesus. Look, in 2020, grace is not popular. Hope is not popular. Acceptance is not popular. But it is time to start listening to the voice of God. It is time to start listening to the right voices. Voices that encourage you. Voices that speak life. Voices that speak love. Point number three is this. We hear the right things in the right environment. It doesn't matter how much someone is talking to you. If you can't hear them, it doesn't matter what they're saying. <laughs> I have three incredible, amazing boys, but they are loud. <laughs> And they feed off of each other. And the louder one gets, the louder all three of them get. And sometimes in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the noise, I have to grab one of them because they're not listening. And usually what happens, I try to get their attention, can't do it. So I take them and remove them from the chaos, remove them from the environment, usually bring them to our room where it's nice and quiet. And they can focus intently on dad. But it's in those moments where I can speak to them. Because I've taken them out of the, the noise. And it's quiet. And they listen to dad. And it's usually in those moments where after I've either got on to them or given them some kind instruction... <laughs> I love to say these words to them, and I say it every night, but I usually say it after every little talk that we have. Sometimes my wife is like, oh, man, here we go, another talk. <laughs> but here's what I tell them. You're my partner. You're my buddy. You're my best friend. And they repeat after me, usually with tears rolling. 
But I say you're sweet, you're strong, you're smart, and you're brave. And they'll repeat that back to me every time. But I know this, when they're in the chaos and I say those things to them, they don't hear me. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what I'm saying to them if they can't hear me. Can I tell you, the voice of God is always speaking, but so many of us have so much noise going on that we don't hear the goodness of God, the great things that he's speaking over our lives because we're not in the right environment. Seeds will not flourish flourish in bad soil. The loudest voice in your ear sometimes is not the enemy. Sometimes it's not the news or your family, or your boss. Sometimes it's the voice that you go to bed at night with. It's the voice that reminds you when you mess up and when you fall. It's the voice that really hurts us the most. But the good news is tonight it's the voice that we have the most control over. Jesus spoke this parable in Mark chapter 4. And he tells a story that a farmer goes forth and he takes this seed And the seed falls on all different kinds of ground. Ground, the Bible says, by the path and the birds ate up the seed. Rocky ground and the sun scorched the plants. Thorny ground that choked out the good seed and the good ground. But then Jesus says something at the end of this story that's amazing. He says, and whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. Tonight, we're responsible for our own soul. We're responsible for the condition of our own heart. And life is about protecting the condition of the soil in our heart. When the word goes forth, I don't want the thorns of life to choke out what God is saying. I don't want my life to be so shallow that the gospel can never take root. But that's why I control my own voice. This is why I cannot let my flesh lead the way because when I don't care for the soil, my heart, it feels like every voice has an even playing field. But that is not the way God intended it. His voice should reign supreme. I care for the soil of my heart because I accept the truth of God's word. And this is the truth of God's word. When when God says I'm forgiven, I accept his forgiveness. When God says there is more for me, I accept his promises. When God says there is hope, I believe for something greater. Psalm chapter 42 verse 5 says, why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. This is actually telling us that we have control over our own voice, that we can stir up our own faith, that every thought and every word we must take into captivity. And here's what that looks like you give everyone else grace, but do you give yourself grace? You give everyone else love, do you give yourself love? Do you give to yourself what you have given to everyone else? Because point number four is this. Voices determine beliefs and beliefs determine voices. So tonight I I, I close with this. God's voice is two things. It's full of truth and full of power. 
At his voice, entire galaxies were created. At his voice, entire worlds were formed. At his voice, animals took their first breath. There is one voice that can change a life. There is one voice that can raise a dead life. There is one voice that brings hope. It's the voice of God. And we hear his voice in his house, in his presence, with his people. And with all that said, you might feel miles away from hearing the voice of God. Tonight you might feel anxiety and doubt and maybe fear or depression is gripping you. Maybe you've done something and you just can't forgive yourself. But if you can just for a moment ignore the noise. If you can remove yourself from this chaotic environment just for a moment, you will hear the voice of the Lord and that voice says you are forgiven you are favored you are free the voice of the Lord says what's in you is greater than what's coming against you and here's what happens when we hear the right thing we believe the right thing and then we speak the right thing 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says this, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this was for our benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow the glory of God. Therefore, 2020, in the middle of 2020, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So if we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, (laughs) newsflash, plot twist, everything that we see right now is temporary. It does not last forever, but rather focus on what we can't see. Focus on what is not in front of us right now in this moment, because what is unseen is eternal. God wants to speak to our hearts because he wants to shape our beliefs. Tonight, As God is speaking to us, and as much as he wants to speak in our life and speak things over us, just as much as he wants to do that, he also wants you to speak to him. And tonight, here's how you do that. You tell him whatever you want. You tell him whatever's going on in your life. You tell him whatever's going on in your world. You don't have to start with some eloquent prayer. You don't have to impress him with any type of language. You start with something like this. God, I need you. God, I I don't know how I'm going to make it through this without you. God, I am broken without you. I am lost on my own. I cannot do this 
God. So God, speak to my heart. Speak to my life. Speak into my heart the things that I need to hear. And when you open your mouth and you say those things, here's what God says. It's the moment I was waiting for so that I could speak back into your life. Wherever you're at, head bowed, eye closed. I'd love to say a prayer over you right now. Jesus, in your name, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that in the middle of this chaotic season that your call to us is to listen up. It's just to open our ears, not to every voice, but to one voice. That our prayer here in this moment would be, Jesus, in these moments of quietness, would you speak into my heart? Would you speak into my life? Would you speak the things that I so desperately need to hear? And Jesus, in this moment, I know that you'll do what only you can do because I know this, when you speak, worlds are formed. When you speak, lives are changed. When you speak, the dead are raised to life. And maybe there's some dead dreams, there's some dead things in this house, or maybe some people watching online. But God, you can bring those dead things to life with a word. If only we would listen. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for what you're doing in the middle of 2020. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we just put our hands together and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us online. We're so grateful. And we'll see you next week.